0: The shattered glass crystals glittered like diamonds on the bridge deck, until their flame-yellow tiger-eye brightness was turned to ruby by the blood on the non-slip surface. Had Robin turned her head, her steady grey gaze could have swept over the figures of Poseidon's captain and her pilot, both called Chang. They were, in fact, parent and child. The daughter, in her red-smeared captain's outfit, was kneeling solicitously over the prostrate figure of her father— whose blood had helped to turn the shattered glass to ruby red and marked the perfection of his own river pilot's uniform. Had Robin twisted her slim body sufficiently, she could have seen the kneeling figure of Daniel Huck, senior official in the Chinese government and secret head of a powerful triad. He was naked to the waist, specked with disinfectant and spattered with blood from a bullet wound in his shoulder— Lieutenant-Commander Tan, deck officer of the Liang warship, out in the Yellow Sea nearby, and, like Captain Chang, a member of Huck's secret organisation, was kneeling at his side trying to staunch the flow of blood. But it was to Robin that the wounded man was looking, his eyes ablaze with more than reflected flames and shock. Had Robin turned right round, to glance behind her, through the shattered clear view itself, she would have seen the broad reach of the river Yangtze, heaving below a writhing shroud of mist, luridly ablaze. A red river, indeed. Littered with wreckage from a fallen motorway bridge, a huge pirate junk, all but destroyed by the deluge of steel and masonry, and the vehicles the bridge had been carrying when the earthquake had struck. Under normal circumstances, a ship like Poseidon, crude and commanded as she was, would have been hard at work already, pulling survivors out of the water, tending to the wounded and cataloging the dead. But it was the men in the water who, up until the earth started to quake and the bridge to come apart, had been shooting at them. Preparing to come aboard to slaughter them all, their prize for the piracy was the priceless golden artefact, studded with a further fortune in jewels that lay in Poseidon's hold. But their actual motives were far darker and much more complex than simple piratical greed. For if Daniel Huck was indeed Dragonhead of one secret Triad gang, there seemed little doubt that the men who had filled the blazing junk had been the foot-soldiers of a rival one, and that in itself seemed to present yet another problem peculiar to the adapted Chinese corvette. For Captain Chang, Poseidon's commander, was a member of Daniel Huck's Invisible Power organization, while River Pilot Chang, her father, belonged to the rival Green Gang— so the pair of them, like Daniel Huck and the golden statue of Genghis Khan stored below, would bear further watching, at least until their strange situation was resolved. But instead of looking at any of the maritime, industrial, physical, or emotional wreckage around her, Robin was looking back into the aft of the command bridge. Her husband, Richard, was standing there, framed against the aft wall, made almost super-real, like an image in the cinema— by the brightness of the flames that surrounded him. The aft bridge wall was long and narrow, letterbox in ratio, widescreen, with its little shelf of tea-things miraculously preserved. His broad-shouldered, slim-hipped, six-foot, five-inch frame seemingly carved out of the brightness and fathomless shadows, with the long shape of the Simonov sniper rifle standing so casually at his side. The shoulder piece of its stock rested on the deck, and the mouth of its barrel was wedged beneath the narrow shelf. Long though the Russian weapon was, it barely reached his hip, for Richard was tall enough to make his blue-black hair seemingly brush the deckhead above. In the weird light, his face looked like a gargoyle mask. The square jaw was grey with stubble, the beak of a nose cast strange shadows— The bruise on his cheekbone, with the long wound at its centre, seemed to pull his countenance awry, especially when he smiled. A metal fastening had sprung loose from Neptune in a typhoon and lashed back hard enough to do the damage. He dismissed it airily, but she knew it still gave him considerable discomfort. She was getting used to the lopsidedness of his new grin, but it would take time. Unless, as she hoped and prayed... The scar healed to a straight white line, like the jeweling scar of a Habsburg aristocrat. It never ceased to amaze Robin that in the tightest grip of the most terrible crises, Richard could remain so calm, that even though this was not his bridge to